Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, Live for Justice, in the sermon series, Live for Justice. We're glad you're here. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke chapter 18. That's the Gospel according to Luke chapter 18, and we will start reading around um, verse number 1. And if you're able to stand, please stand in reverence to reading of God's holy word. Luke 18, verse 1. Amen. So we're grateful for our, those that were able to go to the water today. Amen. I think that's my favorite song, Take Me to the Water. Amen. And you hear that song, you know some new believers are going down and coming back up in the water. And we're so grateful and thankful for the Spirit of God. Luke 18 and 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying there was a certain city, a judge, who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, And she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he he would not for a while. Somebody say for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her at least by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? I want to preach from the topic for the theme of the month that's live for justice. Live for justice. January 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation freeing African Americans from slavery. However, it was not until June 10th, June, I'm sorry, June 19th. 1865, where the slaves in Gaveston, Texas, received the word that they were free. And for this reason, we celebrate Juneteenth. The Civil War was the deadliest war in America's history. And after this war, America went through a period called Reconstruction. During the Reconstruction of building up this nation during this period, African-Americans began to thrive in America. They held positions of power in Congress, started schools and opened businesses that were thriving with the level of excellence. After hundreds of years of oppression and brutality, no weapons but only having God on their side. The evil in white America persisted after using African-Americans for free labor causing America to be the economic giant it still is today. 
Due to the prosperity of former slaves, the southern states implement what we know today as Jim Crow laws. Uh, that is known to the Jim Crow laws, black people endured prejudice, discrimination, violence, only because of the color of their skin. Black people couldn't use the same public facilities as white people. They were forced to ride in the back of buses. They could not try on clothes in stores, but they can spend their money there. Help us today, God. Most black people couldn't, couldn't vote because they had to endure uh, some form of a literacy exam. Black people endured the brutality of white America, the bombings, the beatings, the lynching tree, the unfair treatment, the inhumane acts, not because of something they had done, but because of the color of their skin. And though many people pushed against this unjust system, it was not until late 1940s where the civil rights movement began. During this civil rights movement, many black people would demand justice and equality, equal rights to sit wherever they wanted to on public transportation, the right to have the ability to go to whatever college they preferred, the right to work where they were qualified and to live wherever they desired. These courageous black people, these courageous black people, these courageous black people were persistent and demanding equality until they received federal laws that allowed for everyone to be equal. Many who led the push for freedom and equality were Christian preachers. The churches funded the movement and were hubs and meeting places and organizing for the movement. And it really, it really upsets me that many in this current generation of black people refuse to exercise the rights they have today by disregarding the sacrifices that many paid before them. It angers me to hear uh, black people suggest they are not going to vote. Our people crave the right to vote and many died without ever experiencing what it feels like to exercise their right to vote in America. We have those who have condemned the church and refuse to have connection with the black church because they suggest that we serve a white man's religion that was given to us when we arrived on the shores of Virginia and got off the slave ships, but I tend to disagree with that because Christianity was in North Africa before it ever made it to Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible is a document of history, and the Ethiopian eunuch, he has a conversation with Philip. Philip tells him about the history of the Bible and tells him about Jesus Christ, takes him to the water, baptizes him, and he goes back to Africa. And I don't know any Christian that'll be silent about their faith. I wish I had a witness. I don't know anyone that life has been changed won't tell nobody else that, that I've been change. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad today that, 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 that 
this eunuch takes Christianity to a foreign country. And our, and our people, our people, they lived for justice. Our people, they stood for justice. Even during slavery, it was the Bible that gave them the transformational power not to stand under the control of the oppressor of their master. So they would sing spiritual songs about freedom and the direction to run in. I wish I had a witness here. At the same time they were singing their songs, they were also singing codes of which way to run. They lived for justice and would not stop demanding justice until they received it. They endured tough times, hardships, bombings of their homes and churches, threats and crosses being burned in their yards, but they were persistent in their demand for justice. I'm afraid, my brothers and sisters, that why black America is in the shape that it's in today is because we have stopped crying out for justice. <laughs> we, see, we see this throughout the nation that the laws that were once put in place for equality are, not, are now being overturned. Voting rights are being attacked. Supreme Court suggests that, 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 that we're past that time of discrimination now and put the, 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 uh, the control back in the hands of the states to control uh, the voting of the state. And we see constantly how each state continue to oppress the voter, the votes of the least, the less, and the left out. I wish I had a witness here. See, we see how affirmative action laws are now being challenged. We see how gentrification is happening at a rapid rate. And because we have achieved some level of prosperity, we have become quiet and have not persist to cry out for justice for everybody. If you have Prime, you can go watch Teal, the story of Emmett Teal and his mother and his mother at the end. She said when she was in Chicago, she would hear about the horrors going on down in the South. But she only thought that's just their problem before it came her problem. I wish I had a witness here. And, 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 and all of us, we, we see what's going on across the world, but until it hit our front door. Because whatever happens around these United States can happen right here in this progressive town called Madison. So, so the question might be, you're asking, Pastor Preacher, how can I live for justice? I'm glad that you asked. If you're going to live for justice, number one, don't stop praying. Amen, amen. Don't. Don't stop praying. This is a good message for all of you being here today. Amen. This is a good message. Don't stop praying. Chapter 17 of Luke, Jesus is talking to his disciples about the end times. One of the Pharisees asked him, when will the kingdom of God come? First, Jesus tells them that the kingdom is within you, meaning what you're looking for, you already have. <laughs> and too often, too often we try to find things outside of us to make us who we are when God said, I've already given you everything you need. 
So are trying to find validation in systems, validation in education, validation in other services. You've already been validated by God. For he said you was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. When God made you, he broke the mold. You are one in a million. Jesus tells them that, um, he says, I'm going to suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Informing them that he was going to the cross and, and he would die for the sins of the world. Jesus gives contrast to the punishment of sinful people. He tells the story of Noah, uh, how God wiped out the world with water. He gives another occasion when he talks about how the sinful people of Sodom, how God wiped them out with fire. Jesus reminds the disciples not to turn back to the old way of life because it would be unprofitable for them to move forward in life. He gives the illustration of Lot's wife, who was told by the angel to leave the city and don't look back, but because she looked back, she became a pillar of salt. Jesus speaks of several scenarios that's going to happen in the end time where people will be together, one will be raptured away, and one would be left behind. The disciples ask Jesus, where will the people go? And Jesus' response is, they will be in the place where only eagles could fly. They will meet him in the air. And after giving the lesson on being prepared for his return, Jesus then gives an illustration to what he was trying to explain. He offers the disciples a parable. A parable is a heavenly lesson with earthly perspective. Heavenly lesson with earthly perspective. Jesus tells them about the uncertainty of the end, and he informs them of how things would be before he comes, and he lets them know that there's going to be a time when you would want me to come, and I may not show up. I wish I had a witness here. He, you, there's going to be a time that you're going to want me to return and I may not come. So in the case of me may not showing up, don't stop praying. <laughs> you, you, you would think that Jesus would give them an illustration on gratefulness so they can be thankful for the years God had given them, the time he had allowed them to spend down here on earth, and when he comes back, he'll rapture them off to himself. You would think he would have gave them a, a parable on righteousness or righteous living on how to live down here, how to operate in this world, maybe even a lesson to prepare them for his coming, but Jesus gives an illustration on prayer. And I suspect he is informing the disciples that the most essential thing for enduring and making it in this mean and cruel world before he return is prayer. Jesus says there will be moments when you'll desire to see the Son of Man and you will not see him. And I think I can testify for many of us today that we are looking for the coming of the Christ. And when we look at the circumstances of today, we're wondering, God, when will you come? 
when violence is prevalent and persistent, when a 10-year-old child has the mind to kill his own mother, when a 6-year-old child can take a gun and shoot a teacher, uh, we, we're wondering, God, when will you come? When COVID has disrupted the norm for our children and they are still trying to figure out how to make it in the classroom uh, uh, all day, when our children have no respect for themselves, therefore, they cannot respect individuals are, who are in authority. God, when will you come? When gun violence seems to be the source to solve disputes, when unarmed black men continue to die at the hands of those who swore to protect and serve, Tyree Nichols should have been a wake-up call to all of us uh, that we should love all human beings because uh, Black Lives Matter wasn't as loud on this one because it was black officers who murdered a black man and blue lives matter they was very silent because it was black officers who murdered a black man it does not matter what the color is of those in authority or the victim of the violence it's inhumane for a mother to bury her son from a traffic stop When will you come? When, when, when will you come and change what's happening in this world when daughter is against mother, son, against father, trouble in our home, so much is going on. Lord, when will you come? Jesus offers, help us today, God, the disciples this parable on prayer. Because more than anything, I believe, Prayer changes things. And if it don't change the things, it'll change me in the thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Prayer is the key to the blessings of God. Prayer allows me to communicate with the master. Prayer brings me closer to God. Prayer fills me with hope and the belief that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all I can think or even imagine. Jesus instructs the disciples to always pray, which means to pray relentlessly. It does not mean that every word out of your mouth would be a prayer. But it means you have a consistent routine of falling on your knees and calling on the name of Jesus. He says, pray and don't lose heart. To lose heart means to be discouraged. It means to feel defeated. It means to want to quit or give up. To me, this suggests that there will be moments when you pray, but God will not answer your prayer like you expected him to. I wish I had some praying folks in here. That, that There will be some moments when you will pray and God will not show up when you asked him to. <laughs> but, but Jesus says, pray and don't lose heart. Don't give up. 
stay in the courage. Because your blessing just may be around the corner. I wish I had a witness here. You, 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 you don't want to stop praying because what you're praying for might be in the mailbox. Wish I had a witness here. Just maybe. I wish I had a witness. Anybody ever ordered something and, and you just been looking for that thing to come and, and it did not come when you wanted it to come and they kept lying on the app saying it's right around the corner. It's 10 blocks away. It's, it's on the way. But then they send you a message and let you know that your package won't be coming when you expected it to come. You want want to give up. You want to cuss them out. I wish I had a witness here. You want to send a nasty email. You want to get on Twitter and discriminate and, and, and disrespect them and everybody know that this company never delivered your package on time. But I'm here to tell somebody when you're working with God you better learn how to wait on them. They that wait on the Lord. Yes, sir, I wish I had a Bible reader. Shall renew your strength. You shall run like eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not, not faint. You better learn how to wait on God in prayer. Yes. Don't stop praying. Not only don't stop praying, but then... Don't stop being present. Don't stop being present. Jesus gives a parable of a certain city, a certain judge, and a certain widow. The judge did not fear God, nor did he have any regard for others, which means he was in power and he did not care how he saw, how he executed his power. He did not feel he was accountable to God, so he was able to treat people how he saw fit. He did not live uh, by the motto, treat others as you want them to treat you. He did not live by the motto that love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't live. He didn't live by. He didn't live by this. Uh, uh, he he had no God to answer to, and he did not regard people. This sound like some of our politicians. A few years ago, Representative Stubb, she's here today. She asked me to serve on the task force that will create and implement laws that will create police reform. And it was in those meetings where I knew I was not fit for politics. We pray for Rep Stubbs, amen. Because in the state of Wisconsin, we have leaders in the state capitol who live in parts of this state who may have never seen a black person until they came down to Madison. But they're making laws for people they have no regard for. Uh, 
I wish I had a witness here. No regard for, for, for who, the trauma black people have endured. No regard for the pain we've gone through. No regard for the poor systems they put us in. No regard for the redlining and moving stuff out of our communities and, and not giving us our due rights and not giving us what was due unto us. No regard. So, help us today, God. They can make laws to only fit themselves. And some people, when you're supposed to represent all the people. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying the best I can. This, 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 this judge similar to those today who serve in power to help people but always trying to figure out ways to hinder people. What's, what's wrong with giving poor people health care? Wish I had a witness here. What, 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 why, why shouldn't voting be the easiest thing you should be able to do in this democracy? Oh, I feel God in here today. Why, why, why is the prison budget more than the educational budget? Why, 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 why do teachers have to struggle to make sure our kids and we, they can't get the support they need in the classroom so we see this mass exodus? I wish I had a witness here. Why? Why? Would you pay $1,100 a day, $1,100 a day to house a child in Lincoln Hills, but only pay $46 a day to educate them? <laughs> certain judge, but then there is a certain widow. Help us today, God. This, this widow, she came to this judge and she asked him, can you, can you please give me justice from my adversary? This, this widow, she represents the needy, the helpless, the poor, the oppressed. In this instance, her insignificant, uh, insignificance resulted in injustice. She didn't have no clout in the community. She didn't have any degrees behind her name. She didn't serve on any committees or any, in, in, any programs. She wasn't involved in much. She was a widow. And in these days, widows were left to fend for themselves. They were treated as social outcasts. She was a widow. I mean, she was married at one point, and her husband must have died. Last year, I was attending a conference in Virginia, and the preacher preached this text, and he asked the question, what type of dog, what type of devil, what type of monster would do an injustice to a widow? <laughs> Who would 
wrongfully take something from someone who already didn't have much. Uh, what, what, what type of dog, what type of monster, what type of devil would mistreat someone who has already lost so much? <laughs> then he began to condemn these payday loan places, title loans where poor people go to try to get some extra money because they're only in poor neighborhoods. What, what, what type of dog? What, what type of devil? What, what, what type of monster would, would take funds from already overcrowded public schools? Help us today, God. What, 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 what type of dog, what, what type of monster, what type of devil will hurt someone who is already hurting? This, 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 this widow experiences an injustice, but she continues to be present in front of the judge demanding justice. You want to live for justice? Don't stop being present. I don't know. I think I'm almost done, but I'm gonna keep on preaching. I, I, I think, I think, I think the system, Brandy. I think the system. They've learned how African Americans respond when they're upset. They, they, they've learned that we'll go in the streets, uh, we, we'll march, we'll yell, we'll scream, uh, but it'll only be for a while. And when we stop showing up, they continue business as usual. <laughs> Texas, Texas, she would not stop showing up. He, he, the Bible says uh, 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 the, the judge did not want to give her justice, but she was continual coming. I, I, I wish I had a witness here. He, uh, he, 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 he suggests that I'm not going to help her because she has been wrong. I'm not going to help her because she has experienced some form of an injustice, but to stop her from showing up and being present I'm going to give her the justice she's demanding. You see, justice demands you be in the room. Justice from an unjust system causes you to show up, not just marching. Yes, we must march, but show up in the boardrooms where, where you have seats set. Man, I, I know you, you, you don't want to uh, give up what you have, but, but show up uh, for those who can't speak for themselves. Show up in school counseling sessions. Show up at school board meetings. Show up that they may see that I'm here and I'm here to help someone who cannot speak for themselves. 
Don't live for justice. Live for justice. Don't stop praying. Don't stop being present. Don't stop believing. I'm done. Almost. I'm almost done, but I, not really. Almost. I'm a, I know we got a lot of visitors here, so I don't want y'all to think I'm packing up. When I say I'm done, that's about another 10 to 12 minutes. All right. All right. Let you, I know you're like, he almost, he done? I'm almost. I'm almost done. Let me say it that way. I'm almost done. Here it is. Jesus gives the lesson of the parable. If the unjust judge yielded to the continuous cries of the widow, who was a stranger to him, and he granted her what she requested, would not God give you what you need? Jesus uh, tells us that the unjust judge could never compare to the righteous judge who is God himself. He is saying that God is greater than the unjust judge. And when you pray persistently, the righteous judge will answer your prayer. Amen. That's our hope today. That's the hope we leave from here with today. That when we pray, if we don't stop praying and keep on believing, God will answer our prayers. That, that's to the government official that's in the crowd today. That, that, that's to uh, uh, the public figures and those who work in executive positions, that's your hope today if you keep praying. God will answer your prayers. I know what it is living in the city of Madison and being in high positions. Sometimes you're the only one that looks like you in the room. But if you keep praying, <laughs> yes, Lord, if you keep praying, God will answer your prayer. Here it is. Jesus gets to the end of the parable and he asks a question. He says, when I return, will I find faith on earth? When, when, when I get back, will I find anyone who had faith in my return? Yes, Lord. When, when I return, will there be anyone on earth who had enough faith to make it through trials and tribulations. Had enough faith to believe that I was able to answer their prayers. There's an old story that's told about a bar in Mount Vernon, Texas. This bar 
Some say it's a real story, but I ain't found a real article about it on Google, so I don't believe it's real, so it's a fictional story. <laughs> Got to check your sources, amen. Check your sources, yeah, okay. But this bar, they begin to construct an expansion on their building, hoping to grow their business. And in response to this bar building its expansion, the church on the corner began to pray that God will intervene. Pray that God will stop the building of the bar. And for weeks, the church prayed, and the building kept building. I mean, not like the people kept building. Hang on to God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying? The building kept going up, but a week before the grand opening, lightning hit the building, and the building burned down. The next Sunday, the church was in an uproar. They were shouting and praising God because God had answered their prayer. The church was excited. The owner of the bar was upset because he heard about the prayers of the church. And because his building burned down, he sued the church. Because they prayed and the building burnt down. The church hired a lawyer to dispute the claims of the bar owner. Suggesting that it was not because of them that the building burnt down. The judge looked at the case. And the judge suggested I'm confused about what's going on. Because it seems as if. The bar owner believes in the power of prayer more so than the church. But when I, can I tell y'all something? I believe in the power of prayer. What prayer can't do can't be done. I believe that if I pray God, he hears my prayers. And not only will he hear my prayer, but he'll answer my prayer. Hezekiah prayed and God added 15 years to his life. Have I got one witness here that could thank God that you understand the power of prayer. Daniel prayed. He went in the lion's den, but God shut the mouths of the lions. Is there anybody here that can testify? I know what prayer can do. Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. Not my will. Yes, Lord. But thy will be done. Went to a cross. Died for your sins and mine. Died until death died. Died until the earth reeled and rocked. Like a drunken man, he died for your sins and mine. But early, can I do it like the Baptist preacher? Yeah! 
Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.